0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. And so this week we're going to talk about something called grace, but before we get into that, I wanted to tell you a quick story, um, just something about my life. Um, I have two children, Uh, my daughter Autumn is 13 and my son Lincoln is 9, and with Lincoln, Uh, we realized that he was having some trouble kind of adjusting in his behavioral um, aspects. So we started a new thing at home where we have a behavioral chart. And we have it up on the wall. And the way it works is it's separated by three portions of the day, morning, afternoon, and night. And then he is also um, has three sections that he's kind of, uh, for lack of better words, graded on. So he has uh, respect issues how he uses his words, how he reacts to things. And these are ways that we are learning to teach him his behavior. So when Lincoln makes it through the day and he does a really good job in the morning, he gets check marks for doing good behavior. And sometimes we don't quite make it through an entire section with good behavior. So there may be a time where he struggles, he messes up, something happens, he uses words that aren't the best words to use, and so he gets an X. And that X represents um, something that he didn't do well in that moment, and it's a moment for us to teach him and for him to learn from this. So when he gets that X, it comes with a consequence. There's something that he has to do to to have his punishment for that X. It could be time out, whatever it may be. But then once his timeout is done, or once he has had that consequence, we come back and we talk to Lincoln, and we say, okay, because you had this consequence, now you need to make things right. So for whatever you did wrong, maybe your words were not nice, so now you need to say three nice words in place of that bad word. Or maybe uh, you stomped off and made a mess. Now you need to clean up that mess that you've made. So we're teaching him to make up for, for what he did wrong. But then the most important part is when it's said and done, we sit down with Lincoln and we say, you know what, bud? You messed up but it's okay. It happens. We know you can do better. We know that next time you're going to work harder because we believe in you and we believe that you can do better. You can work harder next time. And what we want you to know is it's done. Your consequence is done. You've served your punishment. You have made up for your wrongdoing and now it's done. It's in the past. We're not going to bring it up. We're not mad at you. We're not upset with you. We want to move forward. So we're not going to bring it up again. We're not going to talk about it again. It's done. Now, what we've done in this situation is we have taught Lincoln that his behavior needs to be adjusted, but we've taught him grace, because even though he did something wrong in that moment, it's done. He served his punishment. He has moved forward. We have forgiven him. He has learned forgiveness through us, and now he's moving on, and he knows that it's in the past. It's not something we're going to bring up again, and he knows that we are encouraging him to do better the next time. Now, this is easier said than done for us as adults. We have a hard time with letting go of our past. If there's something that we've done in our past, something that we've done to hurt someone, hurt ourselves, something that we've done wrong, it's hard for us to see past that. And in our Born Identity series, we learned that when we accept Jesus in our lives, we begin a new identity. Our past is in the past, and we start a fresh future with the path that God has laid out for us. But it's not that easy for us because sometimes We have a hard time letting go. We want to punish ourselves. We want to keep bringing up the past and bringing it up time and time again because we don't feel that we are worthy or that we should be able to receive God's grace in that moment and that new identity. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So today, normally, we, we focus on uh, one story, but today we're going to focus on a couple. Um, but I wanted to start out with this really awesome quote that I found when I was uh, going through some stuff this week. And it says, and this is by John Stott. It says, grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. So what this means is that grace is God's love. Grace is God caring for us. And grace stoops. And this doesn't mean, like, you know... You know, you're stooping or whatever, you know, kind of being nosy. But this is stoops. He leans over. He comes down. He comes down to our level. He holds us and he rescues us from a situation. And thank goodness that God is a God of second and third and fourth chances because he loves us that much. It's not one mess up and you're done. I don't say, Lincoln, you screwed up. You yelled at me. Bye. See you later. No, God sees us and he says, You know what? I love you so much. My grace keeps going. It's so big, it never stops that you get a second chance, you get a third chance, you get a fourth chance, I just want you to keep coming back to me. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I, I chose to do three stories instead of just our one, normally we'll focus on one passage or maybe one specific person. But today I wanted to bring up three stories because I think it's important for us to realize that God's grace is relevant in different situations. It's not just that one person. It's not just that one situation. His grace, his love, and his forgiveness applies to everyone at all different times. And that brings us right into our big idea for today. So if you have a program, inside there will be a notes page. So if you just want to follow along, there's fill in the blanks so that you can write notes and follow along Uh, in there, so you can turn to that. But our big idea today is grace is for everyone in every moment. And that's what we're going to follow. We're going to follow three stories. So we're going to get right into our first story. And uh, the scriptures were a little bit long since I did three stories, so we weren't able to put them on your notes pages. But if you have your Bible, I encourage you to pull that out. If you have a smartphone or tablet with the YouVersion Bible app, you can pull that out as well. And as always, it'll be up on the screen for you to follow along. The first story we're going to do today is about a woman that had a blood disorder. And so her story is found in Luke eight forty through 49. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd could the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, "Your faith has made you well. Go in peace." So let me give you a little bit of backstory on this because you may be thinking okay what 's the big deal? This woman had an issue Jesus healed, she went to go see Jesus. Well, it was a little bit more complicated for her because in in this time when someone had a disease or they had a disorder they were considered unclean so they were not allowed to live within the city limits she would have had to go outside of the city and live probably in a community filled with other people that were that you know had been condemned to be unclean so she was in an area outside of the city she was not even allowed to be in the city so she was breaking the law by even being there but the thing is is that she knew that she needed to see Jesus that bad, that she needed Jesus' healing touch, that she was willing to break the law. She was willing to take it to the next limit. But not only was she breaking the law, but she was also facing the chance that anyone that she came in contact with, so while she's crawling and trying to get to Jesus, anyone that she touched, anyone that came in contact with her would now also be unclean. That's a pretty big big, uh, burden to carry, but she knew that she had to get to Jesus. Why? Because she knew that Jesus could change her life. She knew that Jesus could do something for her in that moment. And I imagine this woman, 12 years of having this disorder, probably felt a lot of shame, a lot of abandonment, a lot of uh, depression and issues, because she was cast out from a city that she had known most of her life and then had to spend 12 years on the outside. So she's coming to Jesus with her shame, with her abandonment, with her guilt, with her frustration, knowing that she needed to touch Jesus and was going to do whatever it took to find Jesus in that moment. And he did. Jesus in that moment could have said, no, you're dirty, you're unclean. But no, Jesus saw her and saw her crawling in the dirt to touch the hem of his garment and saw that she needed love and that's what grace is grace is God's forgiveness grace is God's love grace is God reaching down picking us up and rescuing us from the moment that we're in and that's where God found her God found her in that moment so what we learn from this is our first point that we should pursue God's grace and accept that it's yours it belongs to you it's easy to say that God's grace is not for me because I'm unclean, because I have a disease, because I've done bad things in my life, because I've stolen, I've been a thief, I've gone to jail, I have an addiction, whatever it may be, it's easy for us to say that we don't deserve God's grace, but we do. Everyone, everyone has the ability to have God's grace, and that's why he died for us. And so we learn from this lady that we need to pursue God's grace and accept that it's yours. It belongs to you just like it belongs to me. And we need to learn that we can accept that. Now, our second story is, it comes, takes place during the crucifixion. And it's found in Luke chapter 23, 32 through 43. Now, this is taking place right at the crucifixion. Jesus is on the cross. And Jesus wasn't the only one that was crucified in this moment. There were two other criminals that were on either side of him. And they were also being crucified for their crimes. So we're going to pick up right there, Luke 23, 32 through 43. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He "He saved others, they said. Let him save him." Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. But the other, criminals protested, the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. When we start a relationship with Jesus, when we start that new beginning, we get a clean slate. Think of it this way. Think of your life as as a whiteboard or a chalkboard. And it's there beside you with everything you've ever done wrong in your life is just on this chalkboard. And Jesus comes along and says, you know what, I want to give you some grace. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pour my blood out for you, and I'm going to give you grace. And what my grace does is it takes an eraser to this whiteboard. It takes an eraser to this chalkboard. So now everything that is just laid out here that you've done wrong in your life is now erased. It is clean. It is fresh. That's what God's grace does. So for this man that is on the cross and we don't know what he did he could have been a murderer could have been a thief enough of a crime to be sentenced to death so he did something pretty terrible but it didn't matter because in that moment he said God I need you he realized who Jesus was and Jesus said you will have a place with me in heaven and we have that same thing our past is wiped away clean it is gone it is not there anymore we're the ones who keep bringing it up have you ever noticed, like, you'll ask for forgiveness, and you feel a little better, and then later it's kind of like, oh, well, I did do that one thing, and so I should, should kind of dwell on that a little bit. I love this, this quote from, or this little part from the movie Lion King, my favorite Disney movie. And, uh, and there's this part where Simba, who is, is the son of, of the king, and the king, Mufasa, has died. And so Simba's feeling really guilty because he was present when his dad died, and because he didn't listen to his father, his father came out looking for him, and he ended up dying. And so Simba is talking to Rafiki and is saying, talking about how he feels so much pain and hurt and uh, he just can't move on from this. He can't be who he was called to be because he's dealing with this pain and, move, and uh, Rafiki hits him over the head with his little staff and says, it doesn't matter, it's in the past. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, it doesn't matter, stop bringing it up. You have been forgiven. My grace has washed it clean, so stop bringing it up. It's in the past, it's over, let's move forward. Let's move on from this. And so God's grace and his forgiveness are freely given to us so that we can have that next start, so we can have a fresh start, so that we can have a new beginning. So what we have to do is we have to accept that that grace is ours. It is ours to take. It was for us. It's for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. We have to be willing to take it and accept that it's ours. And then number two, God's grace gives us a new beginning. Our board is wiped clean. We're starting over again. We don't need to keep bringing it up. Sure, just like I was talking about Lincoln, there's consequences that sometimes we have to face for our actions. But we do that, and then we come to God, and we say, God, I need your grace, and we have a new beginning. We have a fresh start because he loves us that much. doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday or last night or this morning before you came into church, God is saying, I have a new beginning and I have a fresh start for you. Now, our third story takes place in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, and this is a story about Paul. So here we go. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud... I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged to the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul had some issue that wouldn't go away. And there's, you know, I did a little research this week to try and see if I could figure out what it was, and there's speculation. Some people think maybe it was some type of a a disease or a disorder, maybe even some type of a disfiguration that kind of happened over time, that it was something that was just bothering him all the time. Could have been chronic pain that he had to deal with. Whatever it was, it was something that was enough that it was bothering him, and he was asking God to take it away. And God told him, that his grace was enough in this moment. His grace is all you need. How many times have we been in a situation where we're going through something and we cry out to God and we say, God, I really need you in this situation. Like I can't, I need you just to take it away. I'm I'm in debt. I'm in frustration. I'm having marital issues. I'm having problems at home with work. Please just take it away. And maybe God has said, My grace is enough. My grace is all you need. But what happens is, is we need to realize. That we need to rely on God and not so much on ourselves in this moment. We need to rely on God's grace, his forgiveness, and his love and know that that's all we need. Because the thing is, is our situation doesn't define us. What we are going through in this moment now, what we've gone through in the past, what we'll go through in the future, it doesn't define us. It does not put a label on us. It does not make us who we are. That's not what it is. They do not define us. Instead... It's about how God is enough for us to get through that situation, how God can be all that we need in that moment. It's not about our strength. It's about us coming to a place where we say, God, you are all I need in this moment. Maybe I'm going through this situation and I have to go through it. We talked a little bit about it last week with, with healing and how sometimes God chooses not to heal people, but instead he waits for them to go to heaven and heal them in heaven. Sometimes God gives us situations that we have to work through. But he doesn't leave us there. His grace is what's going to carry us through. And grace is his forgiveness. Grace is his love. Grace is how he cares for us, how he takes care of us. And that's what we need in that moment. His grace is all we need. And you'll know and you' probably notice that sometimes there are people who go through the worst situations, and somehow they still come out on the other side. you know they have someone who dies they they lose someone in their family, and yet somehow, in the midst of the most awful and worst situation of their life, somehow they still make it through and depend on God and rely on God through that. There was a pastor uh who was in in the area, I think he was in our district, and it was back last fall he was out riding his motorcycle, uh, him and his wife going for just a nice fall ride. And a car came over in the lane and threw them off their bike, and his wife ended up dying instantly, and uh, he was unconscious, and he, I think he was unconscious for several weeks, because when he came to, they were trying to figure out how to tell him that his wife had died, but also how to tell him that he had lost his leg in the accident as well. And so he went through a long time of recovery and i'm sure he had a lot of questions that he had to ask god i'm sure he had a lot of tough conversations with god why did this happen what, what what am i going through this for but you know what god's grace found him in that moment through that difficult situation god's grace was all he needed in that moment and he worked through it it wasn't easy it wasn't it wasn't like a piece of cake it wasn't overnight but god's grace helped him work through that and so now he's back on stage preaching and he's, and he's working through this because in that moment, as difficult as it was for him to lose his wife, to lose a leg, to have to go through this mourning period, God's grace was all he needed. God's love, God's caring, God's forgiveness, God's provision is God's grace. And that's all he needed in that moment. And that's what we need. We need God's grace. So that brings us to point three. Once we accept that it's ours... And once we accept and and take our new beginning, we're ready for that board to be wiped clean and we're ready to start over fresh. So we accept it's ours. We get the new beginning. Now it's time to embrace that God's grace in times of weakness. Embrace God's grace in times of weakness. So when we're going through something, and I know we all have those times where it's just we're frustrated. Something is not working out the way we want it to work out. There's things in our lives that are just weighing us down and it's hard to deal with. We need to know that God's grace is enough for us in that moment. We have to hold on to it. We have to, we have to hold on to it for dear life and know, God, you're going to get me through this situation. You're going to get me through this tough time in my life. You're going to get me through this tough situation in my work, in my family, in my relationship. Whatever it is, God is going to get you through that because God's grace is enough For you. It's all we need. It's all that we need to hang on to, and we just need to be willing to accept that it's ours. Our past is in the past. We don't need to bring it up anymore. His grace is enough for us. It will carry us through whatever situation you're in right now when we start that new beginning. So, what we have to do is we have to start the new beginning. We make that relationship with Jesus and say, I'm ready. I don't want to live a life of shame anymore. I don't want to be like that woman who had to be an outcast. I want to live a life of happiness. I don't want to be a life of shame, a life of hatred, a life of bitterness, a life of just just not having a good life and being angry all the time. I don't want to live a life of crime or whatever, like the criminal on the cross. I'm done with that. I don't want to have addiction. I don't want to have these things hold on to me anymore. I don't want to have whatever, whatever thing is holding you down. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, I don't want this to hold ownership over him anymore. I want that new identity. So God, I need your grace to cover me. And his grace, just like that quote said, it loves, it cares, it stoops down, it picks us up, and it rescues us. And that's what God's grace is for. And it's yours. It's that simple. It is yours. So my challenge for today is receive God's grace in your life. Sounds simple enough, but it's, it's harder than that. Receive God's grace in your life. You need to know that God's grace is for you. It's not just for your neighbor. It's not just for the person across the street. It's not for Pastor Jared. It's, not, it's for all of us. It covers everyone. It especially covers you. Receive God's grace in your life. So there's three ways we can do that. Choose grace even when you feel unworthy of it just like we talked about it's hard for us to accept after what we've done the people we've hurt the mistakes we've made the accidents we've had the decisions that that we made priority it's hard for us to take a moment and say okay i deserve god's grace or i need to receive god's grace excuse me god's grace it's hard for us to see that in that moment but it is God's grace is for us even when we feel unworthy of it. He died for you, for that second, for that third, for that fourth, for that 100th, 200, 500, a million chance, whatever you need, you make that decision and God's grace is for you. You are worthy of it. Practice giving grace to others. This is a hard one. Maybe someone's hurt you, maybe someone's done something to you that's causing you just some pain. Now we have to practice grace and give them grace because you know what? They deserve a new beginning as well. And maybe maybe you're that stepping stone for them to be able to accept that they can accept that grace. So extend grace to other people so that they can have a new beginning. And third, trust for God's grace in the middle of hardships like we talked about. If you're going through something, if there's a difficult time in your life, whatever it may be, God knows what it is. He's already on top of it. He's just waiting for you to surrender it. You know, we, we talk about opening our hands and surrendering. It's because God's waiting for us. When we're doing this and we're holding our problems and our frustrations and our fears and our struggles so close to us because we feel like we have to have control, God's just waiting saying, and I'm ready to erase that board for you. I'm ready to take it away, but you have to make the first step. And so we open our hands and surrender and say, God, I'm done. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your love, your forgiveness. I need that new beginning. And that starts with you and being willing to know that you can accept it and it's there for you. So what I want to do now is I just want to take a minute because I really feel like that there's some of us out here who are just struggling with this idea of grace and that that it's hard for us to really take hold of of God's grace and know that it's free for us and that it's just there. So maybe you're struggling with something internally. Maybe you're going through something and and you want to just blame yourself over and over and over again for the mistake that you made, for the past situations. I don't care if it was this morning and you got into an argument with your spouse or, or your significant other or a friend this morning. It's in the past. It's done. And God's new beginning is here for you. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've been just kind of checking things out and you're not quite sure, but now you're hearing this and realizing that you want that forgiveness. You want that fresh start. You want that new beginning. Well, it's here for you today and it's, it's simple and it's easy and he's just waiting. He's got his arms open saying, just take that step towards me. I want to hold you. I want to care for you. I want to give you that relief that you've been praying for and asking for, but you have to let me in. And so what I want to do is I just ask that everybody close their eyes for a minute. Nobody looking around. I want you to know that God loves you in every situation. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. He loves you. His grace is more than you could ever imagine. There's this song that we sing sometimes, and I've heard several years, and it's, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And it's funny, I've heard this song for years, and it never clicked in my head what that meant. But what it means is God's grace is so big, it's so wide, it's so deep that if you could fully grasp the concept of his grace, you would just drown in it because that's how big his grace is. It never ends. It never ends. It is always for you. So today, whether it's I want to make a decision for the first time to start that new beginning with Jesus or I want to start again because I've had issues and I've had struggles, I want to ask if you want that grace today, if you want that new beginning, just raise your hand. No one's looking around. I'm the only one looking at you. And this is so that I can pray for you. I want to pray for you and pray for that new beginning in your life, for God's grace to cover you in every situation, because it's there for you. He wants to love you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to care for you. So if you'd like to start that new beginning today, or maybe get a refresher of that new beginning, just raise your hand today so I can pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. God loves you, and he will find you right here in this moment. And maybe, maybe you need that grace, but you're just a little scared to raise your hand. You know what? I'm going to pray for you anyway because we all deserve God's grace. I have prayed for God's grace so many times in my life, and I'm sure there will be many more. And that's the beauty of God's grace is it's never-ending, and it's there for you until the end of time. He just wants you to rely on him, to let him love you. Let him hold you. Let him pick you up, stoop down, pick you up and rescue from the darkest places in your life. And even if you are having that relationship and that new beginning with Christ, he still wants to carry you through the rest of your life and his grace is always there. Just talk to him. So let's close in prayer. Jesus, I just thank you so much for your love. God, I thank you that your grace is unending, that your grace is so deep, it's so wide that it covers us every day and all you're asking is for us to just reach out and take hold of it. God, you love us and you accept us. You wanna wipe away the past. You wanna wipe away the shame, the hurt, everything that we've gone through and you want us to be new people, have that new identity in you and God, we're saying we wanna take it. So God, I pray for those people that raise their hands today that are saying, I need God's grace, I need that fresh start. And even for those who maybe didn't but are feeling it inside, God, I pray that you will just reveal yourself to them, God, that your grace, your love, your forgiveness will just cover them in a brand new way today, God, that they will leave knowing that you love them, that you care about them, that you are with them every step of the way, that there is no situation too big and no situation too small, and that you are not the center of it. God, I pray that we will leave here today And take your grace with us. Take your love with us that we know we are covered and we have a Father that loves us more than than anyone ever possibly could. That you died on that cross so that we could be healed, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could start brand new every day. We thank you for that. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.